Welcome to the Calgary Folk Music Festival podcast. I am your hostess, Johanna Schwartz, the Marketing and Communications Director here. This is our third in the series for 2012 as we count down to the festival and get you familiarized with some of the artists who are coming. Uh, It is now July, so we are in festival month and we are in the thick of it. We have uh, some exciting news on our ticket front. We're already at capacity for our Saturday, which means that now we have no more four-day passes, but there are still lots of tickets for Thursday, Friday, and Sunday night, and that's over about 100 unique performances over those three days. So I encourage you to go to calgaryfolkfest.com, check it out, see who's coming, and uh, pick up your tickets while they are still available. So over the last couple of podcasts, we've had my friend Eric Rosenbaum in with his take on what's interesting to him. And I thought I'd shake it up a little bit. And I've brought in a new musical dude named Mr. Mike Watson. He has been at the backside of the festival, working off the main stage and making all the magic happen from a technical perspective. But he's also a uh, musician and a man of many of his own opinions. And uh, I've tasked him to bring a couple artists he's excited about to the table. So that's who we're going to talk about today. Hi, Mike. Hello. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. Can I get a four-day pass? Sure. Okay, cool. Because <laughs> I didn't get mine. Excellent. Not a problem. We have a couple, you know, in a magic drawer okay. somewhere. Okay. We'll make it We'll make it happen. Magic is fun. So the artists that you're excited about actually tie really well into talking to people and letting everyone know about our folk boot camp. Yes. Yeah. So that's something we've been doing. Uh, I'll just give a little bit of background. This is now, I believe, our seventh annual uh, three-day workshop intensive that happens at the National Music Center. So you can spend, drop 150 bones and spend three days, like nine hours collectively with one of our festival artists learning uh, the trade. And that's something that you've experienced as well. You've uh, dropped dropped in in a couple sessions, right? Mm-hmm. I was lucky enough to check out uh, Corey Harris. That was one of the best uh, best experiences that I've had as a musician. Just getting to uh, meet someone who's an American, because for blues, if you're looking for the blues, the American uh, perspective, that's what you want. That's where it, that's where it all started. That's where it came from. So to be able to learn from him and he's been to Mali and all over Africa and learned so many different things. So he's really well-rounded as well. So to get his insights into music and the business and then to be able to, you know, sort of banter back and forth on the main stage when he did his uh, tweener set, it was just great experience. And then the, the workshops themselves, uh, it just it goes deeper and deeper as, as deep as you want or as deep as the three hours a day allows. And one of the things I really dig about them is how intimate they are. I mean, we have a capacity, mm-hmm. I think, of 15 people per group. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, you're in a really small, you know, small group with the artist. And you, like you said, you're getting to know not only their craft, but their process. You can, you can mm-hmm. pick their brain on a variety of subjects and come away with, I think, a really well-rounded uh, experience. Mm-hmm. I think it helps, too, for younger artists that, that I've noticed there at the workshops that it's it brings the people that you read about and you see and uh, on the internet and and any any YouTube videos and it really brings it down to a much more personal level Mm -hmm. so that you can ask whatever you want and uh, and you can really get the information that you're looking for if if that's what 
you know, why you're there, which I assume if you're in the workshop, that's your purpose. Exactly. And uh, we have like variety too. So you don't have to be, you know, at the top of your game and, you know, a professional musician to take advantage of them too. Exactly. Some intermediate and even beginning, uh, beginning workshops. So if you're just in the dabbling mode, there's a couple like specifically, I know this year, John Langford from the Mekons is teaching a uh, songwriting one uh, that's for, you know, pretty much anyone who's just interested in, And, you know, plying their trade can Mm -hmm. come and get a sense of it. So let's talk about the first artist uh, today. So Shakira Saida Mm -hmm. um, will be teaching a vocal workshop, which I believe is actually almost full. I think there's maybe two or three spots left in that one. No surprise. So if if that's something, uh, as a listener, you guys are interested in, I recommend you grab, you know, grab into that. So tell me uh, what's uh, shaking you up about her. Well... It goes back a couple years with her. Uh, I was standing side stage on the main stage of Folkfest, and I'd never heard of them before. Uh, and I'm referring to Donna as well as uh, Shakura. But uh, starting with Shakura, just uh, watching her hit the deck and not having any idea who she was, and then uh, watching her start her thing and her process and watching the set that she had arranged and the way that it had its own dynamics as any good set does but the way that she played it out uh, it was extremely impressive and then of course her interplay with her guitar player and the rest of the band and the way that she called out different things you could see that they obviously didn't have necessarily all of the arrangements set which is uh, you know part and parcel with lots of blues you just know you know, at certain points, this is going to happen, but it's not all written in stone. You, you know, you just let it flow as it, as it may. And uh, Shakura, just her, uh, her versatility and variety also that she puts on her records, uh, that was also really surprising to see her own personal progression. And uh, I was lucky enough to do an interview at Cantos as well. The National Music Center. The, right. We're working yes. on the rebranding. Yes, right. It's, I have to rebrand my own <laughs> mind sometimes. Uh, the NMC, yes. And the, uh, the interview went great. Uh, great. Uh, personable and uh, just same thing so forthcoming with knowledge uh, and advice and uh, it's just what you hope to see uh, from any great artist that there's no uh, ego or attitude to go along with their you know obvious uh, talents exactly and I think that's something almost specifically Canadian about Shakira too though that she's lived around the world um, I mean she has that down-to-earth quality and I mean she's just a funny engaging person and you know she's a powerhouse vocalist and she could be a diva if she wanted to be Easily. a diva you know in the most negative of the connotations yeah. and she is not and anyone who is in her vocal workshop will be splitting a gut laughing and learning an awful lot so why don't yeah. we give a listen to uh, what they should expect and the kind of uh, tunes Shakira can belt out. This is from her newest album called Time, and the track is called Bad Girl. If loving on you makes me bad, I'm as guilty as can be. Well, if you're 
let me tell you something. So that was Bad Girl by Shakira Saida. Very cool. I know. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. So she is going to be tearing up the uh, the main stage at the Folk Festival, I believe, on the Saturday night. And now playing with her mm-hmm. is uh, the amazing Donna Grantis, and a guitar player who is going to be, I think, performing a couple uh, workshops as well, some sessions, and will be joining Shakira on the main stage, and who also is teaching a uh, intro to blues jamming, Blues Jamming 101, I mm. think is the title of her boot camp workshop, which you can register in. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's going to be great. Uh, I can't wait to uh, to pick her brain and same thing, get really into the finer niche of what she does, where she came from, and uh, and how she got there. That's really what it's all about for me. And uh, as I'd mentioned with Shakura, when I'd seen her and the interplay that she had with her guitar player, it just it just shocked me. I couldn't believe it, especially. Uh, with two people that I'd never heard of before in my life and they just opened up whole new whole new possibilities and I've seen many many blues bands but the the, I guess that's the really interesting thing is that in the blues you very rarely see the 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 songstress the diva if you will with the female guitar player Mm -hmm. that's extremely rare Uh, and then even rarer to find that they're both of the same standard of quality they're they're both incredible so the way that they play off each other and uh, and donna's phrasing uh it was it was just fantastic uh, and I, I i did my best to, to to attempt to get to jam with donna but her schedule was too tight so it, it never happened uh so i'm hoping that you know that it's going to happen this time around and then of course at the workshops themselves 
um, just learning the finer points. And, and just recently, uh, a couple months ago, I had picked up uh, my premier guitar, my latest issue. Love it. And what I found was uh, she's extremely analytical. So she knows her theory. She has her background. She, I assuming she's, she has a background in jazz because uh, her chops are extremely heavy. So there was an article about her in it? Or? Uh, no, it's, it's a column. Oh, she uh, has her own column. She has her own column. Oh, wow. Uh, exactly. And Premier Guitar sort of has a, a revolving uh, stable of guests mm-hmm. that they bring in. Uh, so if it's, you know, whoever, some sort of metal shredder, and then they have the, the folk finger style player, and then they'll have the electric blues and, and all sorts of, and the jazz guys and everything else and uh, just to get in to that uh, cater of players uh, is uh, humbling extremely humbling and uh, yeah just reading her her lesson and and the things that she had to impart in that uh, it gave me uh, a whole slew of new tools that I could use to come up with ideas because as a blues guitar player that's what it always comes down to you're always looking for new uh, new tricks new and not just licks you always hear about guitar players trying to pick up new licks and of course that's true but for me it's more the heart the tone and the the personality that that person puts into their notes and what are they thinking when they play instead of well how do I put 6,000 notes within two bars of music and make it sound cool mm-hmm. that doesn't interest me it's all about what's going on in their mind when they're actually playing because those are real things that you can take as a player and incorporate it into your own stuff and there's no fear or worry that it's going to overtake your style somehow or that uh, you're going to be somehow colored by that you know it's it's only going to help you and expand you and as a as a male and a male blues guitar player, they're very rare. Actually, no, they're <laughs> never heard of. Yeah, them. yeah, they're they're not very many. Uh, but what I found is that it's almost a completely male-dominated uh, musical form. And there's, you know, you have your few uh, like the Bonnie Rates, you have your Rory Blocks, uh, and even Rory Block is somewhat. Um, lesser known considerably compared to a Bonnie Raitt uh, just because she never necessarily went the pop album route. What she did was uh, is went straight for the Delta and was able to capture Robert Johnson's style. And lately she's been putting out a whole bunch of records uh, from Fred McDowell and uh, Blind Gary Davis, uh, which is... Less been... of a per- commercial punch, though. Exactly. Like Bonnie Raitt. Exactly. So it, there's there's very few uh, female guitar players uh, that that you see. So uh, and and I have to admit, just even the way that they were uh, that they were sort of dressed and the uh, the the haircuts, I didn't know what to expect before they pl- before they had played. So it was uh, it was very cool to see that they had their fashion tips down, and that uh, at this at the same time they could really hold it together musically. Uh, without having to try to cop a stage presence, it was already built in, and it w- and it never came across as forced at all. So it's you know that to me is the total package. Well, it seems to me uh, that Donna Grantis has that total package. So she has her own solo uh, work as well in mm-hmm. the Donna Grantis Electric Band, mm-hmm. and has a new uh, album out called Sweets, and these are extended play pieces. So mm-hmm. I'm imagining there's almost an you know an orchestral or a classical 
reasoning behind calling them sweets and making them very lengthy. And it's probably way beyond my can as a as a just a music lover as opposed to a theorist. Um, but then I also love the fact that they've got some really kicky names to them. So this one is called Kids Got Moxie. Mm. And I think it's a great example of some of uh, Grantis's shredding prowess. Here's Donna Grantis Electric Band and the track Kids Got Moxie.
Okay, wow. That's Donna Grantis. That's what's to expect at the Folk Festival this year and at Ripping. the Folk Boot Camp at the National Music Center. For more information on all of that stuff, check out calgaryfolkfest.com. Follow us on Twitter at Calgary Folk Fest. I don't know, I might follow you back. And, uh, you know, like us on Facebook and all of those good things too. I'd like to thank Mr. Mike Watson for being our guest today. Uh, make sure you check his band out, Mike Watson and the 6L6s, performing every Sunday night at the Blues can mm-hmm. um, and you can check out his uh, stuff on Facebook uh, Mike Watson and the 6L6s is there any any other buzz marketing you'd like to do or plugs uh, no just the Reverb Nation if you go there and check it out it's got all the songs we're regularly posting uh, live recordings that we make at gigs and at the at the blues can that we're at every Sunday night. Terrific. Well, again, thank you so much for coming. Thanks to CGSW for their uh, use of the studio space and all of their awesomeness. And we will catch you next time. You've been listening to a CGSW podcast. For this and more great podcast initiatives, go to cjsw.com slash podcast. And for more information about the Calgary Folk Music Festival, go to www.calgaryfolkfest.com.